All right, good afternoon, friends, and welcome to Bourbon Blog Live. And I have some great guests joining us to get us in a, a brunch theme today because, you know, I thought with the Derby coming next week and just, you know, we all need a good brunch drink, don't we? It's our friends from Bruce Julian Heritage Foods. We have Paul and Bonnie, and Bruce Julian is joining us here in a few minutes. And also, it's Umberto Lucchini from Wolf Spirits. He is in, uh, well, his, his Wolf Spirits is based in uh, Eugene, Oregon, right? Correct. And you all at Bruce Julian Foods are based in North Carolina. And in Charlotte, yeah. In Charlotte, excellent, excellent. So I went ahead, I went ahead and made a couple Bloody Marys here uh, with some derby glasses that are vintage derby glasses from 1984, from 1976. We've been talking derby a lot. Uh, the last uh, few weeks because there is going to be an online derby celebration uh, this coming Saturday to help us celebrate it at home. But, um, well, let's get, let's get started with, uh, why don't we talk a little bit about, um, I met you all at the International Restaurant Show of New York. Uh, tell us about the Bloody Mary mix, and then we'll have Umberto talk about some of these great vodkas we're going to put with it. Okay, well, first, cheers. Cheers. Yeah, cheers everybody. everybody has a drink in their hand, I think, don't they? So our, our Bloody Mary mix, the Bruce Drew and Bloody Mary mix, is um, a blend of four different juices. It's an all-natural, um, uh, really bright, distinctively different from most Bloody Marys. Uh, yes. The brand Bruce Julian is um, because Bruce Julian, who is a second-generation men's clothier, created this uh, wonderful recipe years ago after um, his... Uh, uh, passion for music and uh, pleasure, and uh, many searches on the morning after for the perfect Bloody Mary decided the best way to do it is make it your own. Um, so he started serving this to his customers. People literally fell in love with it, and it started out with, hey, you know, buddy, can you make me a gallon for the beach? We're tailgating, and then about um, 10 years ago, Bruce and I started home canning at, in our house just for him to serve here at the uh, at the clothing store. Um, Paul and I worked together in Manhattan versus stores in Charlotte. I would commute to, to Charlotte and literally would come back to the city and it would be, how was your weekend? And I was being, all I do is make Bloody Marys. This is, this is crazy. So six years ago, uh, Paul and I left the textile company we were working for and decided to commercialize Bruce's brand and start uh, Bruce Julian Heritage Foods with our Bloody Mary being the anchor of the whole product line that we offer. So we have the Bloody Mary mix. We do a beautiful Southern Mojo seasoning to rim your glass, a uh, full line of pickled vegetables. So we want the full experience, which is kind of what you get when you come through the store here with Bruce. You get a lifestyle experience, uh, having a, a, a wonderful drink, enjoying, you know, good product, good clothes, and good friends. That's how we're it's here. A it's a beautiful backdrop behind you. I have some of the Bloody Mary mix right here. Um, and the, the, again, who's, who's pictured here? Well, that's gentleman, that, that wonderful gentleman is Bruce's dad, Milton Julian. That was photographed in 1938 when he moved to North Carolina from Massachusetts, and he and his brother Maurice opened the first Julian's men's clothing store to put themselves through school. And so, therefore, first generation versus second generation, and we couldn't find a more dapper guy and a perfect Southern gentleman uh, to be the brand for our product line and the brand of Bruce's store. Tom looks just like him. Just <laughs> holding <Yeah. the> <laughs> 
Hey, maybe so we can we can me on next time, right? For a, a special uh, bourbon vlog edition, huh? Smile. I did. I actually, it's kind of funny. If I parted my hair down the middle, it would it would kind of have that look. <laughs> to that, well, what we and again, uh, great great Bloody Mary mixing, great people. I, I met these folks at the um, International Restaurant Show of New York just before everybody went home uh, during COVID. I was so glad to see you all there, uh, and. Um, it was nice every morning. I would start out with a little bit of um, Bloody Mary from you all before I went to my booth to uh, pour some whiskeys and uh, lots of great people there at the International Restaurant Show of New York. And uh, we had a great time with it. And we'll talk, we'll talk a little bit more about the Bloody Mary and about other foods that you all do. But I want to tell you what kind of vodka that I, that I put in this because, you know, since we mix it up. Sometimes we'll do, um, and I've done this a little bit in Kentucky. We put a little bourbon in the Bloody Mary. Sometimes, sometimes we put vodka. But when it comes to picking a really exceptional, unique vodka that's doing some great work for, um, well, just for, for their region and for the world, um, Umberto Lucchini, you had, you created Wolf Spirits uh, about how many years ago? Three years ago. Three years ago. Okay. And tell us about yeah. uh, tell us about your operation there in, in Oregon and, and about the vodka. And I'm going to, I have it in, I have the uh, blood, sweat, and tears in this one. Uh, and I'll taste a little bit of the blood, sweat, and tears as you talk about it. Sure. So three years ago, I, um, I've been always in a corporate environment. I was born and raised in Italy, moved to the U.S. 15 years ago, became, uh, as you can see there, became a U.S. citizen. And, uh, yeah. And so adopted the whole mentality and, and the whole culture of the American dream. And uh, three years ago, the, the bug that you get of trying your own, trying to forge your own path. And uh, so I left corporate world and, and uh, I decided with a friend of mine who has nothing to do with spirits, um, we decided to uh, open up a, a distillery in Eugene, Oregon, and, um, and, and give it a shot, give it a shot. And, and so when I tell you three years ago, and, and it's a year we've been in the market, it really shows you how long it takes. Uh, even after 15 years of experience, I never would have imagined it would have been such a such a complicated, long, and uh, and very challenging process to get up and running a distillery. And exactly. and I'm producing and I'm producing vodka, which is probably the easiest of the spirits to produce. So uh, it, it is definitely a uh, it was definitely a very very challenging but life changing experience. So we we created a brand and um, and and we decided to go in Eugene, Oregon for. For a few reasons, but I would say the the, the key one was finding a place that uh, kind of represented the spirit that we all in the company have of, of being a bit the makers out there, the the people who roll up the sleeves and get things things done, and uh, and that that has always been a bit our our philosophy, my philosophy. I grew up in a family that uh, earned its way uh, in life and. And so we um, we gave it a shot, and we decided Eugene, of all the craft places in in America, Oregon is probably up there. And within Oregon, Eugene is honestly the the, the craftiest place you you can do anything. We were the first distillery making vodka uh, when we opened up. Now there's uh, at least four of them, and then uh, obviously a lot of breweries, and then the whole valley is very famous wow. for its wine. So. So rather than going in Portland, where it's a bit obviously it's, it's, it's the known place, we opted also for a different different uh, different area, and um, and we created this brand and and I called it Blood, Sweat and Tears, and I'll show you here if I can. There you go, the, the bottle, 
Um, the name honestly came out of a conversation. Uh, this is the classic situation. You're in a bar and, and brainstorming. And uh, as we were going through the process, we thought this has been really tedious. I mean, this has been blood, sweat, and tears all over the place. And uh, just a little Googling, and I thought, hey, this is free. Let's get it. And as you may know, nowadays, the biggest issue in creating new brands is actually finding a name that you can, you can own. So, um, so we, we, we decided the name way before we, we had a clue what the bottle would have looked like. So, and, uh, and then we, uh, another friend of ours, Ben, um, who uh, had a whole different background in his past. He, uh, he worked in tattoo shops and, and, uh, and in Bakersfield in a farm. So a uh, very different background and was heading, having a bit of a, you know, those moments in life where you don't know what, what you're doing. So hitting the wall a bit. And we, we told him, listen, we are we're doing this you go on the internet you figure out a way of making vodka it can't be too complicated uh just learn learn your way we'll pay for everything learn your way but you live in san diego great life but you'll have to move to eugene and uh, he took the bags um and not just the bags but he actually adopted a, a dog uh, mr pickles who is now running the business there but it's basically a rescue people um, that basically allowed him to find some stability in his life together with with the job. So uh, it was actually, uh, looking back, it was a, a phenomenal combination of finding entrepreneurs who had the will to change things and then people who were facing the wall and needed to do something to change their life as well. Um, so there was definitely a lot of blood, sweat, and tears in making it, but uh, Ben... After three years of attempts and trying, um, we got we won a gold medal a few a few months ago from the San Francisco Spirits Competition. Which congratulations, well well, well thank you. Well, yes, to, to Ben, I uh, I won't take the credit, but that that which is honestly, and you know how hard it is in vodka where the character because you can't really speak about flavor where the character is so hard to right. um, to to make it distinctive enough. Um, the the way we, we we try very simply because we are not here to talk about the, the technical elements of producing it, but to make it very very easy to understand, we we, we limit the number of distillations to retain a, a bit of character wow. and uh, and give it a personality. And and obviously that that is counter trend uh, until a few years ago. It was all about distilling as much as possible. So that you can make it as pure as possible. Nowadays, consumers are looking for flavor; they're not looking for for purity. I mean, in that sense. So uh, that actually that actually helps. So we are um, we we distill only three times, and then we freeze filter. And the freeze filter process is very easy. It basically means that you, after you you basically take away. If you, I always compare it to chicken soup. Actually, Ben does <laughs> compare okay. it to chicken soup. After you. You cook some chicken soup. If you put it straight in the in the freezer, what will happen is that the solids and the liquids will separate the fats from the solids, and 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 that separation in vodka allows you to take away further impurities while avoiding another distillation, which takes away character. Now, don't do that with chicken soup; it's gonna be terrible. But with vodka, it actually produces a very good, um, a, a very characterful vodka. So. There's a bit of spiciness to it, but I'll yeah. let you. You're you're the taster. You can definitely um, feel it. But it, it's not your like smoothest vodka. It has character, but it, there's no burn. So 
you're entering into a world where you smell and you say, okay, this is going to be a bit challenging. And then you're surprised by, is, um, by, by the lack of burn. Yeah. And there's like a nice black pepper note to it that, that just right. really comes forward in a real beautiful kind of spicy way. And again, this process that you use with your vodka, this is not something that I've, I've seen much. This is not something that's done much in, in vodka, no. is it? In, in the U.S., I, uh, I know it's a bit more popular in Scandinavia. Um, in the U.S., there's only one other brand who does it. Um, and, and that is mainly, honestly, like many things, as we realize, is mainly driven by cost. Uh, you're adding another process, another step, sorry, in the production process, and you need another equipment m machine. And, and so many brands don't think it's worth the cost. Right. We, uh, we looked at cost afterwards. And then we said, wow, <laughs> we have to pay for this. But the reality is we were happy with the, with the results. So we, we, don't want, we don't want the cost to inhibit our opportunities to stand out. Uh, the, the challenge with vodka is always, everybody will tell you it's all marketing. Uh, marketing is very important. Packaging is definitely very important. But right. uh, we, we try to make a difference. Everything we do, we, it's a small operation. So uh, there's no politics of... of approvals and things like that we just try we just try and make a difference well that's it's really beautiful stuff and we'll we'll come back to you in just a moment and talk about your um uh tom of finland vodka um well actually just real quick before i forget there is something really special with the uh blood sweat and tears you all do to support uh a, a local charity yeah. right let's let's Correct. before we forget because it's such a special thing you do yeah, so actually today I think it's National Adult Shelter Day, which um, today is, is uh, yeah, yeah. So it falls, falls well, and and I have to say one of the positive things of the, of the crisis we're going through, uh, as we try to find out positive, yeah. um, is that the number of dogs and pets uh, being adopted is at an all-time high, uh, which is great. And, and obviously people are spending more time at home with right. their pets and giving them the love that they probably forget during the week when they're busy working. So um, because we have, a, we have Mr. Pickles, who runs our business pretty much, uh, and the whole story between Ben and Mr. Pickles, we, uh, we decided to support a, uh, an organization called Best Friend Society, which is basically helps shelter, shelter dogs, finding a home for shelter dogs across the country. Wow. And uh, we, we partner with them. Um, there's a, soon it will, you will be available to donate make donations to our website and, uh, and also buy t-shirts dedicated to, uh, to Mr. Pickles, uh, of which all the, all the money will go to, uh, to the charity to support Best Friends Society. And uh, since I have the bottle here with me, uh, I have, uh, we, we purposely put Mr. Pickles, if we can find him there, there you go, okay. right yeah. there next to the still. Give him a, a bit of uh, advertising since he, he's not asking for, for image rights. So we're good with that. So, yeah, so I, I think we should all celebrate the fact that Americans are getting closer to their pets because to think that dogs are dying just because they don't have a, a home and are being killed is uh, is really hard. That's, well, that's great what you're doing for the pets. And, and amazing that today, again, is a national, tell me again, the national day is what? National Adopt Shelter Day. National Adopt Shelter Day. That's uh, that's really important. So uh, definitely... Uh, I've been I've been spending more time with my pets, and from what I'm hearing, more and more people are adopting pets. They're at home, uh, they're finding companionship, especially those people that that might be alone. So that is wonderful what you're doing. Uh, 
now back to the B B Bloody Mary. I'm telling you, so this this really this vodka really adds uh, some nice spice, some nice complexity to the Bloody Mary. Um, it's really it makes it, it really makes it that much more special. I, I so I did use the rim, uh, this this Bloody Mary rimmer. Tell me about what's in this Bloody uh, uh, Mary rimmer, just so that I uh, have an idea because it's really a good rimmer. And even we started out with our Bloody Mary mix, Bonnie said, and the rimmer seasoning and the rimmer seasoning is really versatile it's 12 different spices there are four herbs the herbs really add a lot of nice notes and make it incredibly uh, useful uh, not just as a rimmer but also for cooking uh, so we introduced the very same seasoning as southern mojo sold in a shaker jar we cook with it our customers cook with it it's absolutely delicious on everything you cook you cook southern food with it correct wow we sprinkle it on popcorn. It's the seasoning for our couch mix snack. It's really quite versatile. I, I think what also, and it was very interesting and in listening to your comments and about the pepper notes in your vodka. Mm. Our Bloody Mary, we, we uh, purposely wanted it to be bright and fresh and um, you know clean so that if you wanted to add a distinctive vodka, you could actually taste the vodka in our Bloody Mary, where many Bloody Marys are thick and salty and just heat. Ours is, we took a different approach. So we encourage um, our, our guests who are enjoying our Bloody Mary to look for distinctive vodkas, you know, that impart their own character and their own flavor because you can actually get that that, um, that palate blend. So the, the Rimmer is, is like a, a preparation. It's all about this process of enjoying the drink. You get right. the Rimmer, you get our bright, fresh Bloody Mary, you complement with a distinctive vodka you know, and the experience is complete. Well, I do love how the vodkas can come through in this. Correct. Um, and it's just really beautiful. I mean, I've had, the good news is I actually have judged during Kentucky Derby, not this year it won't happen, but we've judged some um, Bloody Mary competitions in, in Louisville. And it's always fun to see what types of spins bartenders will put on these. Um, so many interesting, you know, everything from different kinds of tomatoes, different kinds of peppers, um, the combinations have been really interesting, um, but this is, it's a very complex, uh, clean, dynamic Bloody Mary mix. And as I look down at, you know, looking at, I know it's a secret recipe, but looking at some of the ingredients on the side of the bottle, I think I even saw like mango puree or something like that. Yeah. So, so uh, the, the balance is, is acidity and sweetness. Right. And um, so, you know, we have lots of orange juice, lemon juice, a little mango for natural sweetness, a little agave. Um, and then, you know, our depth comes into fresh horseradish. Uh, again, looking for natural um, ingredients to impart different flavor profiles. So as you're drinking it, you're kind of getting this progression of flavor. Uh, and it's also, um, I think the way our bartenders that, that purchase and use our drink, what they love about it, it's very drinkable. A lot of Bloody Marys, you have one and you're done. You know, you basically right. have to brunch before you've actually had your entree. It's so right. thick and so big, right? Exactly. And with ours, you know, it's it's very compelling. So, you know, you're you're having more than one uh, Bloody Mary. We yeah. encourage everyone to do that. Just <laughs> have, have a couple, of, especially while we're all um, still quarantined. We can enjoy a few of them. I've been having some Bloody Marys uh, the last few weeks. You all kind of got me started on a path of Bloody Marys when I saw you a month and a half ago. In a good way, and like for about a week, I'm like, you know, I'm really craving a Bloody Mary. So, uh, so it's it's really been fun and good.
uh, and look, hey, there's there's Bruce Julian himself. There's Bruce himself. And yeah. and going, Bruce? we are have all been in the same house during this. So <laughs> social distancing is not necessary. So there there have been many Bloody Marys during the, the So let me show you. Yeah. This jacket yours protest badges. Made this jacket for myself. Can you see what that says? Uh, I'm not sure if I can see it. What does it say? Buy my, B-U-I, buy my, then on the yeah. other pocket, Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. <laughs> then, I love it. This is the inside. Oh, wow. <laughs> that is fabulous. You want to see my tattoos too? <laughs> <laughs> From what I understand, Bruce, he uh, he tried Bloody Marys all across the country for a while before he really perfected this recipe. So all across the world, yeah, across the world, he was he was tasting these. And Bruce and the gang there, I can't wait to to come and visit the um the, the suit uh, the suit store. The, the name of it is Bruce Julian as well. Yeah, Bruce, Bruce Julian Clothier. Clothier. Bruce, Bruce Julian Clothier. I can't wait to come join you guys and and host a. Uh, uh, a whiskey tasting there, and uh, you know, I, I guess we, that might be not being that might be a nice way to to lead into when we say whiskey tasting. Uh, before we mentioned that uh, Tom of Finland. It's so funny when I say Tom of Finland. I feel like I'm my name's Tom Fisher, and I say Tom of Fisher, but it's Tom of Finland vodka. Before we talk about that, uh, Umberto, you have a a whiskey that you're going to be a bourbon you're going to be releasing in the in the fall. Correct. Uh, Kentucky Straight Bourbon. Um, let's, it's a blend of four, five, six-year-old bourbon. So um, it, it, it is really to for for the early adopters of the category, which is the majority probably of the population of drinking uh, people. So um, this is. Uh, if I look back at three years ago, I I was just trying to do one one brand, and I was honored and, and lucky to find the right partners to start it and uh, three years into it we um we we were able to to find we don't have a distillery obviously producing bourbon we were able to find a, a partner who who owns a lot of uh, barrels and um and in kentucky in danville actually um not too far from my good old friend of all turkey and yeah. they uh, and and we partnered with them because they 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 had bought bourbon they're buying still uh, Bergen as an investment, but they don't have a really route to market or, or, or how to make this bourbon then sell. And uh, we were lucky enough to, to partner with them and, and having enough supply of Kentucky straight bourbon, which is the biggest challenge nowadays. And then I got going creating a brand. And this this brand is really to, uh, again, kind of following the wolf spirit spirit, sorry. <laughs> But the, the whole idea of um, giving it a shot. So its name is a puncher's chance, uh, just like Buster Douglas did with Mike Tyson back in the 1990s. One shot and took him down. But the, here it's not about boxing, um, nothing to do with that. But it's a metaphor for those who who think who hope that they can actually change the uh, change the course of the event. So uh, we are a very small player in bourbon. That category is. Still flying off the roof, and uh, what we're trying to do is, uh, is is send a message out there also for for the underdogs, and um, and it's a great great bourbon. It's a great thirty dollar position brand. So 
um, and, and it's Kentucky straight bourbon. So um, 90 proof. We'll, uh, as soon as we are ready to, re- to release it, you'll get, a, obviously, uh, a sample that you can, uh, you can taste and give it its right, right merit, I hope, what it deserves. And uh, it's, it's going to be launched in uh, this summer. So it will take, obviously, you know, the system, it will take a couple of months before you will see it readily available in most states, Kentucky for sure. Right. And um, so that new news uh, very soon, it, which honestly, in this context, to be able to launch a brand, I think it's, it's a pretty heroic adventure. Yeah, absolutely. Puncher's Chance, uh, Kentucky Straight Bourbon, that'll be so exciting to uh, to try that, Umberto, and congratulations to you on that. Uh, so. I feel so lucky to uh, to have your vodka, your your Bloody Mary mix. All I mean, I kind of bring it. I'm the one that gets to sip both of these all together. At some point, when you release your bourbon, we'll uh, we'll, we'll maybe we can all meet up in uh, in in North Carolina there and and do a tasting and taste your bourbon and then taste the Bloody Marys and the vodkas there at a, a, a celebration at, at Bruce Julian. I think that would be fun. We'll all get together. We'll have some good cocktails and some good whiskey and vodka. I, I would love that. It's but for now, I feel really lucky to try everybody's together in one glass. But uh, th- so that's exciting news. And, and again, um, for everyone watching, you heard it here first, uh, Puncher's Chant Bourbon coming soon. Until then, though, make sure you look for their vodkas. And we're going to taste this second vodka, the Tom of Finland vodka. This actually comes from, from Finland. It has yeah. a really unique story. Yes. So um, I go back again to those three years ago when I was – trying to do something and I wanted a vodka and that worked out and uh, I wasn't planning a second vodka I didn't I thought one was pretty much enough but uh, friends of mine in Finland I met back in the years uh, worked for an advertising agency they um, they reached out to me and they said we uh, we just did the hundredth 150th I think uh, anniversary of the of Finland as a nation and um, the, as part of the celebration, there's been a, a post stamp dedicated to an art, an artist called Tom of Finland, who passed away in, in the 90s. Um, and that post stamp was the most sold item in Finland ever, uh, and it sold worldwide. So there's a lot of like vibe around Tom of Finland, the artist. And we were thinking maybe there's an opportunity to launch a brand around him in the liquor category. We know you in the U.S. Would you be interested of taking it? And so um, I jumped on it on board, not because I want another vodka, but mainly because the story was to me was, and I, I am about stories in the end in brands as you probably figured out, but the the story was unique. So try to make it short and and compelling. But Tom of Finland, his name wasn't Tom of Finland, contrary to Tom of Fisher, whose name is actually Tom Fisher. <laughs> but Tom of Finland, his name was. Tuko Laksonen, which uh, uh, obviously is the Finnish name. Uh, he um, he grew up, he was born literally 100 years ago. We're, we're soon going to be celebrating his 100th birthday. Um, he was born 100 years ago, and uh, he was gay. Now, if you go back 50 years ago and more, being gay was a problem. And in Finland, it was a serious problem. You, uh, you, you could have been arrested. So he lived the majority of his life undercover and uh, and he was actually he spent many years in the army fighting the war and uh, and so you can imagine the challenges there for him um, and then he uh, he joined McCann Erickson so one of the top advertising agencies as a creative artist and then uh, under undercover he was doing all these paintings and drawings 
that he would send to all his contacts around the world hidden in letters in the mail. Uh, just as love, love statements for, for his, his friends around the world. And the, because he was an artist by, by nature, the, the, the type of art he created was unique in its style and was unique also in the way the images were portrayed. So he was, he was portraying gay men as happy, joyful men living together. There's, there's, I think there's one or two paintings out there where men are not smiling and mainly driven by the AIDS epidemic. So it, it was his kind of interpretation of that. But everything else was all about men being proud of being who they were. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to publicize this. So what he did, he uh, left Finland. His family didn't want to have him around, basically. Uh, he left Finland. He came to L.A. Uh, he found a place where he could actually express himself more freely. And he had to change his name because Toko Laksonen is not really friendly for an American <laughs> to say. And that the name came Tom of Finland. And uh, he, his paintings, and people don't know this, I mean, in general population, um, his paintings revolutionized pretty much some of the most iconic creative characters in the world, in history. And I'll show you the bottle and you probably jump on one person immediately. Um, so this is your bottle top. Here you go. You have it right. That's cool. Very cool bottle. I love the way the, the image shines through and uh, and the vodka. Yeah. This There's some just great, um, great. there's almost like a, a hint of sort of a, a vanilla note. I get some nice sort of spice against the vanilla. There's, there's a lot so, of complexity in this too. So the way we, we went about the liquid was um, I wanted obviously something different from Blood, Sweat, Tears and uh, something representative of Finland. And uh, as you may know, rice is a great, in famous, I mean, a big ingredient for Finnish, yeah. both in food and in drinks. Some of the very good rye vodkas are, are coming from Finland. And uh, so we added a little touch of rice. So it's 95% wheat, 5% rye. And as you know, rye is very powerful, very spicy. So if you put too much rye, it may overpower the softness of wheat. So we, we just limited it to 5%. And that already changes the whole nature of the drink to your point as spiciness to it. And it's 100% organic because most products right now in Finland uh, need to be organic to be to appeal to uh, to the population and to the wider audience. So right. we, we, we have it organic. We added spice to it uh, through rye and um, we made pretty iconic bottle and uh, homage really to the LGBTQ community um, because Tom of Finland really opened the door. If we can now openly uh, celebrate pride around the world, uh, he was part of it. He was, and, and it's an honor, honestly, for us. There's a foundation in LA, the Tom of Finland Foundation, that is actively out there championing his artwork, and we are a small part of it. And uh, I think for a small operation that didn't exist three years ago, uh, just as we try to help dogs, we, we contribute to society in, in a broader way. Well done. It's it's really it's a beautiful vodka. These are both really complex vodkas. Are these? Where can people find these if they're if they're looking at uh, either finding them locally or if they're going to order them uh, online? Are there places that you would point them to? So online, uh, we are with Drizzly. We'll soon be with Saucy, um, and, and that covers a lot. We are in nearly thirty states, twenty five, twenty six. Unfortunately, what's happening now is lo is slowing down our growth in terms of distribution, but we are in all the key markets. Uh, we are not yet in North Carolina uh, control state, as you know, so uh, it takes a while to get there. 
right. but we are uh, we are in all major states. And I have to say, for for a small craft brand, we have a, a, a relatively good national footprint in terms of retailers. So some of the top retailers in the country, from Total Wine to Walmart to um, to Publix in Florida, uh, all the Albertsons, Bonds, and Safeways in California, we are with with some of the biggest retailers who uh, bought into the story, the liquid, and the mission of the company. Uh, it, we are all seasoned people who worked in the spirits industry many years, so we know our way around it, but we're still small and uh, we get we get things done. We try to roll up our sleeves and, and, and not look at our titles and, oh, I shouldn't be producing t-shirts, I'm a senior guy. Well, no, you, you better produce it because nobody else is gonna be there doing it, so. That's, that's incredible. Well, uh, look for look for the vodkas, and you know what? Amazingly, Umberto, I actually, I I made so I made a I made a Bloody Mary for my wife and I, yeah, but I used the Tom of Finland in this second one I've been trying, and uh, also makes an incredible Bloody Mary. I bet I bet a lot of great cocktails uh, you can you, you can do with um, with both of these, but um, uh, Paul and Bonnie uh, again. Just uh, all kinds of vodkas can shine through in this. And um, if people are looking for, and I do really, and I'll put the links up on Bourbon Blog as well and our social media right after. But if people are looking for your Bloody Mary mix, uh, what's what's the website? We should probably mention that right away so people can find find it and order it. BruceJulianHeritageFoods.com. Wow. And, uh, you know, when, when we all went into stay-at-home orders, we were... Uh, like everybody trying to figure out what we could do to help people. Uh, right. you know, we're a small company, but we do what we do. And so what could we do through our actions to help other people? And so uh, what we've done is we're setting aside 10% of the revenue generated by online sales at BruceJulianHeritageFoods.com and donating that to Meals on Wheels. Wonderful. Uh, on Wheels... Uh, is helping elderly people, and elderly people are among the most vulnerable population uh, right now. Especially. Right. And so that's the, the little bit we can do. Um, and uh, we're serving our customers. Grocery stores, being essential businesses, are open, and, and so we're able to sell there as well. And eventually, uh, our smaller specialty retail stores will be back open, and, and our customers will be able to return to shopping there uh, yeah. as well. Yeah, that's... And our products in restaurants. I mean, I thought it was very ironic, Tom, that we were all together in New York at the restaurant show. It was a great show. You know, people were aware and concerned, yes. but we had no forbearance at that point how quickly this was oh, going to sure. in that industry. Um, and, you know, obviously we were all having these conversations right. in the week of, first week of March. And in the second week of March, the entire industry was shut. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, so for us, and we've had, wonderful communication with our restaurateurs and our bars, you know, of, of everyone being conscientious and patient, and they are, um, and with great hope and confidence that on the other side, we will all come out and be better marketers and better people and better producers. Right. And I should also say, yeah, when we were there, we had, we knew things were, it wasn't perfect everywhere, but when we did that restaurant show, we had no idea the next week what it would look like, but, yeah. um, I am glad we all were there together, and uh, everyone everyone I'm talking to there is as well and healthy. Are all of your families, Umberto, in Italy, are they well and healthy there? In, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I would say um, there, there's been a, a few dramas, but I, 
now everything is fine. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And I like I like that these kind of conversations about uh, cocktail mixers and the vodka. I mean, I like how it's all bringing us together. It's uh, it's what we're continuing to try to do on um, Bourbon Blog Live with our quarantine drinking team series. We did have some nice comments. Uh, someone who's a big fan of the there it is. Love Bruce Julian Bloody Mary mix. It's the best, says Kathy Allison. Neighbors Cockrell. She's a big fan of uh, what you guys do. Uh, and then uh, Larry Larry Margola says, uh, "Great job, Umberto." Uh, if you all do have any questions, as I mentioned earlier, uh, do ask them down below. We're, again, we are live on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube. Like this, share this, because we want everybody to know about. Uh, the great products we're tasting. Now, also right behind you, I noticed, uh, because I tried some at the restaurant show, you have a, a really great couch mix that goes really nicely with this. Talk about the other foods that you all do in your um, in your, yeah. in your line. So what we do is, um, again, we wanted to have the full experience of enjoying you know, quality products. So we started with the Bloody Mary. Then we went to the re seasoning to rim the glass and then go into a, a gourmet food seasoning. We have a full line of pickled vegetables. We have pickled okra, pickled asparagus. Um, and so as we carry through, we also wanted to embrace the Southern um, um, heritage foods. And so we do a full line of brunch items. But along that path, we have stone ground grits and sugar cured ham and a wonderful line of preserves. But we always knew we wanted a snack because there's no, nothing more perfect and satisfying to a good cocktail than having the perfect snack. We need and that. So as we all do, it's like, you know, okay, so we go out and you try a billion of them. And we didn't want another pretzel, another chip, another popcorn. Um, and my career um, prior to the food business, I was in the textile industry and um, over 50% of my business was in Europe. And Spain and Portugal were large markets for me. And I would travel there and, you know, to, to work with my agents. And they would uh, we'd go to bars and they had Kikos, these giant cornets. And I loved them and I would bring them back to the studio in Manhattan. And, you know, it was kind of the, when you could do that, you know, it was like, Bonnie's going to Europe, bring back Kikos. So we knew that, that what we wanted was Kikos would be an ingredient in our couch mix. When we started selling the Mojo, the Southern Mojo seasoning and the rumor to uh, allow people to taste it properly, we would season oyster crackers and people mm -hmm. could taste the seasoning and understand the complexity. And of course, everyone say, would you sell these? You should sell these. So it's like, huh. Being from North Carolina, of course, North Carolina is very, uh, you know, it's one of the largest producers of peanuts. And again, that's a very familiar snack. So then we, we, we were at the fancy food show in New York, Bruce and Paul and I, and as you, not exhibiting, because usually I'm behind the booth, we're in the booth, we're not walking the show. And we're walking the show, you know, going as fast as you can, because it's a big show. And I see these two um, rather portly gentlemen sitting down, which is foreboding in any booth that I've ever managed. You do not sit down. And they had these dispensers like you see in a breakfast room at a hotel. And at the corner of my eye, I stopped and turned on my heel and went back. And these dispensers were full of Kikos. And they were importers of these giant corn nuts. And wow. so I went into complete, like, I won't. They're 75 pounds. And Bruce and Paul turned around and realized I wasn't with them and came back. As I'm saying, I want to order 75 pounds right now. And they thought, she's lost her mind. And I'm like, no, no, no. I, we found the Kiko. So from then, we knew we had the ingredients. We sourced local uh, North Carolina peanuts. 
we started working with our mojo as the seasoning. And again, tying the flavors together. Flavor together. Yeah. And then worked on the recipe and, you know, different combinations and strength, et cetera. We thought perfected it as everything happens in the kitchen. Um, Umberto, you would love this. We'll need to get your vodka, but we're quite, we're very, very good martini drinkers and we drink vodka martinis. So we're in the kitchen drinking martini. Paul's a Manhattan. So for Tom, Paul does the Manhattans. We do the martinis. And I'm like, we got it. And so we're like, well, what do we call it? I mean, it can't be Julian snack and it, it's not a trail mix and blah, blah, blah. And Bruce very eloquently and quite his charming way turned around and I'll clean it up a little bit. And he goes, well, shoot, honey, just call it couch mix. And we started that and thought, this is perfect. So there's couch mix. Um, so we worked with this wonderful group in Europe, um, a gentleman who helped us uh, create the bag. And there's a photograph here, and that's a photograph of Bruce's mom and dad in the 50s sitting on the couch. So <laughs> we had a kitsch name, we had a great snack, and it has been phenomenal for us. People really, really enjoy it. And Bruce on, on the back at this very bar. At that bar, wow. It's a great snack. You know, people enjoy, I, I think people look for some um, some levity in, in their right. first thing is to say, this is fun. You know, it's kind of, you know, again, our, our pitch is no one really needs another trail mix. What people really want with a good cocktail is the perfect snack. And so there's the couch mix. So we launched it, we launched the product a little over two years ago, rebranded it into this about a year ago. And it's it's been incredibly successful. It's a, it's a great mix. I, I, I remember I, I, I was so happy that you all Gave me some uh, from from my journey. So from uh, within, uh, yeah, it was from um, my journey to from New York to up to Vermont. I was going to next. I had some of that. It was beautiful stuff. It's really, it's really good. Uh, when it comes when it comes to your and I know you have a lot of great foods there. You really speak in my language. A lot of good Southern foods, grits, some hams. Uh, definitely check out everything they do. When it comes to your Bloody Mary mix, I know sometimes people use Bloody Mary mix in. In cooking, is there anything you've seen your Bloody Mary mix made with that you that's really interesting that would be worth noting? Well, we uh, we we have, and we encourage um, all the times on our website for people to use our products in all of their cooking because, again, if you have a quality product, you know, and ours is clean labels, etc., then we encourage you to just think of them as just tools to enhance flavors. So we have developed a Bloody Mary meatball, um, mm. and we actually a kit. I don't know if you can see this, but it has our Bloody Mary, of a, a package of pasta, the gourmet seasoning, and the recipe card, and it makes the most amazing meatballs. So you use wow. the mojo and the meatball mix. You use the Bloody Mary as the base for your sauce. It's great. With our, uh, we also do an incredible uh, Bloody Mary gazpacho. Uh, again, because ours is all natural and it has the brightness of the orange juice and the lemon juice and the natural horseradish. A, it's a beautiful base for a five-minute wonderful chilled soup gazpacho. Um, we um, we with our shrimp uh, with our grits and ham we do shrimp and grits. So very southern dish, but you can buy a shrimp yeah. and grits. Uh, and, grits. You know, we, we just want to encourage people to enjoy the products and and be creative with them. We we made um, very old-fashioned Bloody Mary aspic, which is extraordinary. Um, and you'll love this, Tom. We, we do a full line of um, uh, 
preserve. And one of our preserves I'm looking for is a ras raspberry peach champagne. And oh my gosh. last year we created an amazing julep using the raspberry in the, and the uh, mint julep with, uh, it was amazing. Raspberry so, peach champagne preserves. In your mint julep. Put it, yeah. the, did you just kind of shake it in or what did you do? Well, we mold it. So with the mint. Mold, mold so it, okay. Mold it with the mint and then added, oh. and it was, it was it's, delicious. It's delicious. So you're looking for a way to kick up the mint juleps, which are sometimes in these glasses, but today we put the Bloody Mary in them. Uh, definitely look at that. And uh, so many great possibilities. And you said something that I know being from border, I call myself, I'm half Kentucky and I'm from the border of Indiana, Kentucky. But you said aspect. I know what an aspect is. I bet there's a lot of people that, what what is a, the tomato aspect? Tell us about that. The tomato aspect is, is it is a very vintage recipe. Yes. When skeleton was first um, realized and people were canning tomatoes and they were trying to look for other uses to prolong the, the use of the tomato. So they would use um, the gelatin, just as you would make jello, but you use a tomato um, uh, juice as the base. And, you know, you can make it just simply congealed tomato. It sounds terrible, but it's absolutely delightful. It's good. It's so good. Aspects are so but nice. Imagine making it with a Bloody Mary. So oh, these are all the nuances of the herbs and the spices and the horseradish. Um, and then, you know, we did it in the mold. And then I sear it with um, sour cream in the middle. And, you know, just you can just uh, have fun with it. But it's, it is delicious. That is incredible. So if you if you find the aspect recipe just... Use the Bloody Mary mix in place of the tomato juice. Correct. Correct. And then, you know, and again, I think so many people today, too, are looking for things that are simple, you know, uh, uh, not complex, but you don't have to have 15 different products. You have one or two steps. And what happens when you use ingredients like this is that it, it enables everyone to be a gourmet cook. Yeah, and no, a, a really lovely, wonderful dish available to their family and friends in no time at all. So not only is it great Bloody Mary, you can also cook with it. Uh, Lynn uh, Lynn Miller Watt says she's loving your Bloody Mary there. So so many great uh, fans. And a uh, similar question for you, Umberto. Is there a favorite uh, cocktail? I mean, I know you, you you enjoy Bloody Marys as well. Are you quite a Bloody Mary fan, Umberto? Yeah, I uh, I, I like. I guess it's an Italian feature. We 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 drink with food. So Bloody right. Mary is probably the closest thing to without having to cook something. Uh, well, I would take I would take the couch mix anytime now because couch has become our office pretty much. So right, I would take that. Is there but, a favorite yeah. cocktail with your your vodkas that you uh, when it's on a Bloody Mary that you really enjoy? Well, I I tend to say I mean it's written on the bottle on the back label is best enjoyed however you like it because honestly it really varies by the moment. I um, I I mean martinis are 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 that sophisticated moment for me and. Right now, it doesn't feel like I could have a martini just because of the context. I, the Bloody Mary is really what I would need, definitely. Um, so th there's no, um, th I don't have a favorite, and I wouldn't suggest a favorite. I'm all about enjoy it, enjoy what it, because honestly, the moment does does change the 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 feel of of a product. So experimenting, uh, right. well yeah. said. Yeah. yeah, no, I think that's really important. Ever any? Uh, have you ever done the uh, or seen anyone done any, do any cooking with your um, blood, sweat, and tears or Tama Finland in, in a in a recipe? Has that been something that you've experimented with? Not yet, not, not yet. yet. 
Uh, not yet. Uh, definitely because of the name as well, as, and the character Blood, Blood Sweat Tears is a, is a favorite for Bloody Mary. We are, we are seeing consistently. Excellent. And, and bartenders, bless them uh, in this moment for sure. Yes. Um, bartenders, they, are, um, they, they like to have fun with, with, uh, with Blood Sweat Tears. So in general, if you have a, a drink that has three or four ingredients or more, um, BSD, as we we call it internally, BSD is definitely a a, a good a good vodka. Uh, if you're if you're looking for your very smooth and and uh, and kind of sophisticated drink, uh, Tom O'Finland, just like his art, stands out. Wow, wow! In fact, we have more fans of uh, the BST. Uh, Scott simply there loves the BST vodka. Um, such great products, both both of these groups of folks, uh, such great products, the Bloody Marys, the vodka. It's fun to bring. This is actually the first time I brought on this particular uh, series, on the Quarantine Drinking Team series, two groups of people together. And this has really been a lot of fun to learn about more about both of your all's products there in North Carolina, the um, Bloody Mary mix and your complete line of Bruce Julian foods. And I would recommend that you all, uh, again, go to that website, which is brucejulianheritagefoods.com. Correct. Correct. And also find them on Facebook. And then the best place on uh, social media and your website, Umberto? BSTVodka.com. BSTVodka.com. Uh, find them on social media. Like them. Follow them. Follow us on Bourbon Blog. We're doing this every single day throughout the quarantine. We usually do it in the evening, but today I said, you know what? Let's have a good brunch cocktail and some great stuff because it's this evening, I may be working on some other things um, that I need to film, uh, but uh, we will be back every night this week, 8 p.m. Eastern time with a new guest. Tomorrow night, we're talking with Glenn Moranji from Scotland. Uh, other nights this week, some other great products. So uh, find the whole the whole schedule there on bourbonblog.com and try these great products. I feel pretty lucky that I'm, I think my wife's going to be back soon, but I got plenty of vodka and bloody mermix. I'm probably going to have a little bit more of both. Is that a good idea? What do you think? I think it is. <laughs> Cheers to you all. And if you, uh, Umberto, Paul, and Bonnie, thank you all for joining me from all over the country. And if, uh, if for those of you watching, if you got here midway, go back, watch this, like this, share this. We're also going to be putting the audio of this up on our brand new uh, podcast channel on Bourbon Blog. Find it on Spotify, Apple iTunes, all those places, listen to the podcast that we have up there. So cheers, everyone. Thank you all. And all of you stay well, safe, and thank you for making great products. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Tom. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Guys, thank you all. All of you here, I'll go offline. We'll end